Yeah, I, I my first time checking it in, sadly, uh, back in 2009, I, I rated it a 275 and I said it was overhyped. Hmm. Maybe your attitude has changed. I didn't know back then. I didn't no. know. I would give it a solid four right now. So. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare traveling, craft beer drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Welcome to a better than last week's episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. And I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I have no opinion. <laughs> well, it is IPA heavy, so that's good. There we go. So instead of talking about a St. Louis brewery, we're talking about a Chicago brewery this week. And so mm. um, no tie back to baseball besides the fact that uh, they, they're in Chicago and they sell this. They sell a form of this beer, which I think one of us has. I think it's uh, me. Wrigley Field. Brian, you have that one? Yeah, I got it. Revolution Brewing. Uh, one of the, I, I think it's safe to say, one of the most popular, probably widely recognized uh, IPAs in the Midwest is a beer called Antihero. I, I, I think that's a, that's a fair statement, isn't it? I think so, yeah. I mean, it's one of the ones that, as far as mid-level size, it's not like a, you know, macro craft right. brewery mm-hmm. and it's not one of the tiny little one that makes juice pants you know, for instance yeah yeah it's 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 got notoriety and they make as far as i know uh everything that's comes out of there is pretty pretty on point so mm-hmm. yeah so revolution brewing is located at uh 3340 kedzie ave in chicago uh for those of you chicagoites or people that are familiar with chicago it's the blue line stop belmont so there you go those are important things to remember, right? I mean, blue line, red line, yellow line, like you got to know where you're at, where you're going. Yeah, that's very important. Do you, do you have time for a story? Absolutely. Okay. So one time, this was about two weeks after I got married, uh, I had to go to Illinois, Bloomington for training when I worked at State Farm. Mm-hmm. And I was there for two weeks in a hotel room. And on the weekend... Me and my buddy who was there with me, we decided, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to a game. Cubs are out. They're, uh, they were on the road, so we had to go see the White Sox. Yeah. And it was an interleague game, which was back when they just did those every once in a while. And it was the White Sox and Astros, Ooh. which was a World Series rematch. So this story can be tracked down that way. So mm-hmm. this was the first time they had played since the World Series the year before. Uh, I was at the game, probably the most hungover I've ever been in my entire life. Like I, I literally wanted to die. Uh, we were in the upper level of, I don't know what that stadium's called, U.S. Cellular Field at the time, uh, directly okay. behind home plate. So we had good seats, but we were up high on like the third tier. Yeah. And uh, we went to the game. That was terrible. I got a sunburn. Uh, I sweated out like pitchers and pitchers and pitchers of beer from the night before. Um, I, the White Sox won. Paul Canerco hit a big home run. Uh, we get on the train to head back to where our car is, which was a long way. It was by uh, midway. Is it the airport? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So we parked there uh, in that area and apparently we were 
just we weren't paying attention we didn't know what we were doing we went the wrong way <laughs> so we're in south chicago oh and we get to the very i'm talking very last stop of the train and this older uh fellow sitting next to us he looks over at at me and my friend john and we're we're white as skeletons you know <laughs> except for the sunburn that i had on my face sure and he said you fellers are gonna want to get off here and go back the other way <laughs> and i was like okay thank you and we did and we made it and uh it was fine but i got a sunburn and i got lost on the train in chicago it's easy if you've i mean you've been on the l man it's easy it's confusing yeah it's it uh so many stops and if it's one of those things like if you don't live there the people that live there know yeah and they're moving, right? It's just on, off, get on, get off, or whatever. They got no time for tourists. They got no time. Oh, no. Yeah. No. Don't ask a question. No. Don't that look was, at them. Don't look yeah. at anybody that's on the train. No, they're right. Not talk no. To you. No. I was from a farm at this point, you know? Like, I'm not, I can barely drive on the interstate in Omaha. Like, I, I'm not built for trains that go fast in directions I don't know. It's mm -hmm. just, it wasn't for me. Yeah. Props to that dude for helping you. Yeah, big ups for him. That was that was great. Yeah. Saved it our is, weekend. Yeah, it's easy to get lost. Or there's there's like if depending on what part of Chicago you're in, sometimes you have to take a bus to get to the train. Or sometimes you have to take the train to get to a bus to get to where you're going. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Super confusing. So yeah. but yeah. Luckily now with technology, it's all on a lot uh, easier. Uh, or you know, what I would do now, I would just get a Uber pay like a hundred dollars and be like take me there yeah, right works. exactly oh you could take the l for five bucks no nope no i'm not good at that just take me there crowds anxiety it's just public transport is not for me yeah so revolution brewing was started as a brew pub 10 years ago 2010 by owner josh death d-e-t-h oh, not d-e-a-t-h cool. that'd be cooler i like death yeah death Death. Maybe it's death. I don't know. We're going to go with death. Go with death. Uh, death attended the University of Michigan. Gross. Uh, but then became interested in brewing from his, from his frequent trips to Bell's. So he would go to Bell's. Bell's Brewery, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he worked at Goose Island for a while, which I think uh, that actually came up when we talked about Goose mm -hmm. you know, a few episodes back. I uh, worked at Goose Island and connected with the head brewmaster, Jim Seabach, C-I-B-A-K, Kaibach, Seabach, yeah. during his time there. Uh, yeah, that guy worked at a number of brewers, including Three Floyds. Which uh, I think is closed now. Three Floyds closed? I think so. I think I read that they closed for good. What? Yeah, I think really? that's what I, yeah, due to the, the COVID stuff, I'm... I think I read that, that they weren't going to open. They're not coming back. That's what I heard. I'm, I'm going to look this up right now because this is Three Floyds Brewing. Because I wasn't a big fan of some of their beers, but I never want to see anybody close. Which is, which uh, is in, I think, Muncie, Indiana. Yeah. So they had uh, the kind of IPAs that I like, which is why I'm interested in them, and, and mm. which is probably down the road of what I've got in this can here, the anti-hero, which has got IBUs, like 65, 70. So yep. there's some bitterness to it. Um, they had uh, at least a three Floyds. They kind of known for their stout. They have that 
they have um, what is it called dark lord day i think it's mm-hmm. called uh, that's a that's a big beer there but one of the more sought after craft breweries in the midwest that yeah. doesn't really distribute so i hope that isn't true man i hope that isn't true yeah Oh, I just, I pulled up a article from May 20, 2020. Three Floyd's brew pub to remain closed after COVID restrictions lift. Oh, okay. So they're still open for curbside. They're just not opening up even though the COVID they can. stuff. Yeah. Uh, even though they can, oh, they're staying good. closed. Okay. They, they're saying that they're going to open up sometime in 2021. Hmm. Oh, geez. A whole year. Wow. Yeah. That's a long time. It is a long time. Jeez. Because mm-hmm. you want, especially in a brewery that has food, you want people to come inside. Yeah. You know, yeah. And like order and order and order and order. Right. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, Interesting. Uh, Revolution is Illinois' largest independent craft brewer. Um, and I guess... Uh, Kedzie 30, 33rd in Kedzie three, three, four, zero Kedzie Ave is heart of Chicago, like right in the middle of downtown. Like couldn't be anymore. I've never been there. I've drank a lot of their beers in Chicago though. So, uh, these beers come, uh, courtesy of Paul Ernat, who is Diane Ernat's husband. Uh, mm. Diane is the director of logistics here at Atlas. Um, he was driving through, uh, his daughter goes to college in, Ohio, Indiana, mm. one of those states that's off to the uh, east, east of yeah. Illinois. Yeah. So he's driving through and I got a text at like nine o'clock one night and he's like, Hey, uh, it was almost nine. It was like eight 45. It's like, Hey, there's this big, uh, liquor store, big liquor store, like the size of a Walmart here oh. in Illinois. What do you want? Do you want something? Because this place <laughs> is huge and they said they have everything. And I made him a list and I said, if you can get, I haven't had antihero in a while. And he brought us a mixed 12 pack of antihero. So, um, I have, I have the sly hero. Oh, that's cool. Artwork. Yeah. You like that? Kind of reminds me of, uh, what's that? Mr. Computer or whatever show. Uh, Mr. Uh, I robot. Yeah. I robot. That's the one. Yeah. 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 Very look his hot. His head is the hops. Look, his face is the hops. So that's what I have in mind too. Is yeah, this guy, Anna Hero, his face kind of like an Eisenhower sort yeah. of style picture, but his head is the hop, which is that's, still that's something true. I want to get a tattoo. I, I still need a hop tattoo. We're working on that. I'm, I'm then, still working on that. Okay, all right. Then Dolan has Galaxy Hero, which I, I was specific for him. I know he likes hazy IPAs. Is Galaxy. that in a space suit, Dolan? Yeah. Looks like it. Nice. He doesn't, oh, yeah, there we go. He doesn't have any. Uh, you know, can't bubble, breathe, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So we each yeah. have three different beers out of the mixed twelve pack of. Uh, so you get the three, like like we've seen with you know other brewers do before, like they put their standard, which is you know in this case it's antihero, and then they put others, some of the adjuncts or or, or whatever, where they do different uh, they do different styles. So this one, Dolan actually looked this up. Sly Hero is made with. Styrian, Styrian box hops. Dylan, Styrian box hops. Yeah, what was that? So Styria is a federal state of Austria. So I'm wondering if the hops came from there. Mm. Brian, I have Could a be. You would love this. Oh, really? This is, I mean, if you can tell from the color. Yeah, it looks a little maltier. 
It's way maltier. There's some, there's bitterness that lasts all the way through, but not like, like, like Jackie yeah. mouth bitter, but really good, nice, sweet bitterness. Mm. Mm. Then my guess is, is that Dolan's right. Cause that sounds like a European style beer. Yep. A little so bit very. Yep. I just looked at it. The Styrian hops primor, prime, they're grown primarily in Slovenia and neighboring Southern Austrian province mm. of Styria. There you so go. That's where you get it. They must have a connection somehow. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I've got the distilled brewery glass. Mm. Chicago or Illinois, I guess. Illinois, good call, Dolan. Yeah. Um, Man, he's smart. Look at that. Two yeah. hours, two hours maybe from Chicago in Bloomington. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I figured if, as I was kind of doling these out, uh, you know, this was, Brian would would go with the traditional. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with one that I wasn't that I wasn't sure about. That may yeah. be a little bitter that I need to learn more about. And then with Dolan, give him the galaxy one because I know it's gonna be hazy and I know that's his his style. Right? Oh yeah. And it's it's hazy. You can't oh, yeah. see it's yeah, got good. little floaties in there. Mm. Oh yeah. We, we've learned that means it's good. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh yeah, that smells hoppy. That smells like a like a standard IPA that I you know when I first started doing this eight ten years ago, that's what it smells like. Mm -hmm. It is as as IPAs go. Like at first, I did not like it. Mm. Did not, and now that is a standard when I go to Chicago. Yeah. Mm, that's mm. so good. Yeah. It's these guys do a great job. They've been around, like I said, they've been around for 10 years. They kind of know what they're doing, you know, kind of. I would think you'd have to, to be the biggest one in Chicago or whatever. You know what right. I mean? Like there's some people that are also making beer there too. So, mm -hmm. mm, so this um, one is, I assume it's, it's galaxy hero for galaxy hops. Yes. Um, Cause it tastes like, fruit salad like pineapple and ooh, nice yeah it's tropical tropical punch ipa is what it what i get from it it's dry though it's good hmm. speaking of which shouldn't we be getting back in it's about the season for some brute ipas do you think that's going to come back this summer i haven't i don't know we'll see i mean i'm sure somebody will be making them i haven't seen anything on social media too much about hey we just finished this brute ipa boil or whatever but um it, it's very possible i mean i think some people make them all the time now so we'll see that was one of the shortest fads of beer fads of all time yeah maybe we'll see and you like, loved it <laughs> i loved it i love that style yeah that was so one hit wonderish i guess if that's the if that's the case but man yeah i do love that style but yeah i it, something for everyone here especially with and, and there were two or three other different variations of anti-hero in there too we just we're just trying these three oh really okay mm -hmm. that's a really mixed pack really really mixed uh 12 pack yeah so brian what um what research did you get into because then i will uh well i have uh i based my research off um, something that I thought we could talk about, especially you. I, I always like to 
one of my favorite things to do, honestly, is to listen to people talk about things they're passionate about. I think that's like, I don't know, it's one of my favorite things is just to hear somebody and watch them speak about something that they really care about. So I, I designed my research based on that today, based on the name anti-hero. So we're going to get into the theme of anti-heroes, especially how they um, play into comics. Yes. Like a huge, a huge thing in the comic world. So um, because this is the flagship beer, their IPA, it's, one, it's basically the beer they're known for. Uh, and then, you know, like a lot of places, they have a lot of other different kinds of beer too, but this is their big, I, th- I would guess this is their number one selling beer. Uh, I have the definition of what an anti-hero is. So an anti-hero quote is a main character who lacks conventional heroic qualities. Anti-heroes may perform heroic actions, but for the wrong reasons, usually for the wrong reasons, like selfishly um, acting out of self-interest or in ways that defy ethical codes. So they might do the right thing, but for the wrong reason or on accident or, you know, whatever. So they're not, like always good, altruistic. They're not doing it for the people. They're usually saving somebody or stopping the bank robbery or whatever they're going to do in a story or a movie uh, because it's something that they need to do for some personal reason. So that's, that's what an anti-hero is. Hmm. Uh, so what I have is just a couple of them that are um, things or genres that really um, embody this thing, I guess, that an anti-hero is. Um, one of them, the first one that I could think of, and something that I did a little bit of research on today, this morning, real quick, um, was Huckleberry Finn. So I was a big Mark Twain guy. I still am, I mm-hmm. guess. Took a couple of Mark Twain classes in college, and they call Huckleberry Finn the first anti-hero of the American nursery, because they were, you know, kids' books, basically, but and he was bad kid kind of ran away and did a bunch of stuff, but uh, ended up doing the right thing um, when it came down to it. Um, The beat generation. So we're talking mid fifties to the early sixties. There was a movement called the beats, which was a lot of poetry and movie making songwriting. Um, Jack Kerouac is the best example of that probably. Um, Or Ginsburg is another name that people might've heard. Um, a lot of their stories and, and characters are anti-heroes. Um, spaghetti Westerns, which were popular late 60s into the 70s, uh, which is a huge thing with Quentin Tarantino as well. Like he mm-hmm. has always talked about his love of those. So those people are basically um, somebody comes into town and has to save the town, you know, for whatever reason. And they don't either want to or they reluctantly are or yeah, I'll save the town because somebody I like lives in the town, that sort of stuff. That's usually a spaghetti Western. And then recently there's been an explosion of like content with anti-heroes, especially on TV. So I wrote down um, a list of the most popular shows that feature characters that are anti-heroes. And that starts basically with HBO and AMC. So we've got the Sopranos, mm-hmm. Mad Men, um, Breaking Bad, Empire and Game of Thrones. So those are all some of the most popular shows in the last 20 years are critically acclaimed shows featuring characters who aren't real great people, but sometimes do the right thing, I guess is the best way I can phrase that. Could you, could you throw Rick Grimes into that mix from the walking dead? Do you think he's an anti-hero? I don't think he would be, but I think maybe Shane could be 
from the mm. same first couple seasons. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I always feel like Rick is trying to do the best thing for everybody, not just him. <sighs> I I have a list of top ten comic book antiheroes and top twenty antiheroes in movie history. You can agree or disagree, but um, I'll start off with the movie ones. You guys are going to know a lot more of these. Um, are you saying they're old? <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm saying I'm not a movie buff. How about that? Mm, okay. <laughs> so at number 20, they have Lou Bloom for Nightcrawler. don't know if you've that. Um, oh, the, uh, the one where, where he Jake would – Jake movie? He would listen on the police scanner, and then he would go – Yes, yes, Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the movie Driver, um, the the drive, uh, Ryan Gosling, that one, mm. the main character there. Um, that's number 19. Number 18 is Ode Sue, Old Boy. Never heard of that one. Nope. Nope. Never seen it. Patrick nope. Bateman, American Psycho. Yeah. I don't know if he's, um, is he an antihero? I don't know. Well, he's certainly one a regular hero, that's for sure. Yeah, no, he's just a bad dude, I, I think. I mean, would that, that like really good music. Like along the same lines as like maybe Dexter, maybe they're He's saying the list, he was uh, just just greedy and psychotic. Mm-hmm. But okay, well, he did hack people up with an axe. But you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, Leon from The Professional. Oh, he was a hitman. The prof- yeah. oh my Natalie God. Portman's like first movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> The Professional is such a great film. Yeah, it still holds up too pretty well. Oh, it's so good. And there's so few actors in it. It's so just driven, like mm-hmm. character driven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh, it was so good. Yep. So uh, number 15, Mad Max, The Road Warrior. Yeah, I'll yep. buy that. I can see that. 14, they're saying Rambo, First Blood. I'll disagree because I've never seen a single Rambo movie. So that's what I have seen part, bits and parts of Rambo movies. My... Um, uh, yeah, my mom was into the Rambo movies. I don't know why, but she was. Shirtless we, Sly would, would be why for me. I guess. Yeah, probably. I, I, Brian, I got to tell you, you got to at least watch one of them. At least watch. I'll like, watch the most recent one. How about that? First Blood. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I mean, because part of it's just like the, the sheer ridiculousness of Rambo, the character. He had right. a big old Bowie knife, didn't he? I remember big that. Bowie knife, never runs out of bullets, always is, you know, hiding in the right place, getting out of shit that he shouldn't be getting out of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, do, scene, I do remember a scene where he was running out of the woods to get saved by a helicopter uh, that came back. He got left somewhere stranded or whatever. The helicopter oh, was yeah. there to save him. Yeah. Running out of the woods and he kills like, I don't know, maybe a hundred people and dodges maybe a million bullets sure. i don't know <laughs> and he's like he's like carrying like like a like a 50 caliber at the same time it's like <laughs> he never runs out of bullets a scene where like they have him hooked up to an old like box spring oh i've seen that yeah right where they're just like that clip him or whatever <laughs> like normal people would die from this like come on all right please so, don't please continue Number 13, William D. Fenn's Foster from Falling Down. Oh, I love that movie. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. He's not an anti-hero. He's just a, he's just a dude that snapped. He's bad. Mm. He's not doing anything good. He's not doing anything good. He's, <laughs> he's just he? destructing. 
<laughs> he's, there's okay. no like goal he just tears up the place and like tries to kill a bunch of people they huh? they say they say the reason he's an anti-hero is because he has his own brand of vigilante justice no not okay. buying it all right but okay i love that movie though that's a great michael douglas movie yep, yep. <laughs> me and my friends still quote it to this day but he's not an anti i don't think so oh good yep Bye. so mark zuckerberg the social network that movie <laughs> That's at number 12. <laughs> uh, number 11, Tony Montana, Scarface. Mm, they're remaking okay. Scarface right now, actually. That's a horrible idea. They should never they are. that. Scarface uh, itself really wasn't... Like, if you go back and watch it now, it doesn't hold up real well. Uh, it, Michelle Pfeiffer holds up. Yes, she does. Yes. That's 100% true. <laughs> but just the movie in general, just... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number 10. So now we're in the top 10. Uh, 10 is Saliri and Amadeus. Oh, um, Amadeus, the Amadeus 86 or something like that. Was it 1986, 87, somewhere in there? Wolfgang, Amadeus, Mozart, yeah, Mozart, yeah. Yeah. Mozart. Uh, Good movie. I think it won an Oscar. Yep. I don't, I haven't uh, seen that one. I looked at that. Uh, Sonny Wurzik, Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, Al Pacino, right? Al Pacino. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Number eight, Derek Vineyard, American History X. Mm. Uh, lots That's of a heavy movie, man. Swastikas <laughs> here. <laughs> Ooh, very yeah, heavy. Yes. Yeah, that's uh, a that's a dark and heavy movie. Mm. Yep. Number seven, Daniel Plainview. There will be blood. Yep. Never saw it, so I can't say. Bill Sweeney. Uh, That's his, I, I drink your milkshake. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> hard, hard to watch. Hard to follow. Great story. Um, should it ever have been a movie? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I've heard the book is better. But, yeah, Phil Sweeney loves that. Loves that film. Number six, Will Money, Unforgiven. Uh, With uh, uh, Clint Eastwood, right? Yeah, that's his character, yeah. Yeah. He won Oscar for directing that movie. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's all about killing gang members and U.S. Yeah. marshals. And number five, McMurphy, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Damn. Um, I would agree with that one. That he seems yes, hundred percent. Number four, Alex Delarge, Delarge, a uh, Clockwork Orange. <laughs> He's not a hero of any sort. It's hard to. It's hard. That is a fucked up movie. <laughs> yes. Let's just go ahead and say it. Yes. In like I watched that at like twenty two or twenty three. I thought it was, I don't know that I could watch it now. Mm -mm. In every way possible, your Brian's one hundred percent right. Uh, yeah, yeah, it says good. ultra violence under it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, number three, Travis Bickle, Taxi Driver. Tax another De Niro. Yeah. yeah, I think, yeah. You talking to me? Jodie Foster's <laughs> first big movie. She's like 16, isn't she? Like Maybe 14. Maybe? Yeah. The the description nerd is, is he crazy or is he a hero? We'll leave that question up to you. I, uh, that was the guy that inspired uh, Hinckley to shoot yeah. president. Yeah. And number two is, well, number two is Charles Foster Kane, Citizen Kane. Mm. I've seen it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then number one is Michael Corleone, the Godfather. 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 Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's that was on one of mine. Here's some here's some other character names that I pulled out that that you didn't talk about, Dolan. 
Okay. That I think we can talk about. These are also in, in movies for the most part or shows. James Bond came Ooh. up in my research. Okay. I can see that. Pretty accurate because he's usually doing the right thing, but it's usually about a, because of a girl or whatever. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Bourne, sort of the same thing. Yeah. And Beetlejuice. Don't say it two more times. He'll show mm-hmm. up, but they had him as an anti-hero in a movie. I was like, yeah, yeah I guess I can see that. Yeah. Um, John McClane. Uh, yeah. Die Hard. Yeah. Because there are always personal not. motivations in like every movie. He has to save the world, but it's because his wife is kidnapped or his son's in trouble right. or his daughter's something, whatever. Yeah. He's not doing it just because he's altruistic. He just, it, right. it's always because of something. Uh, I'll just say his name, but we won't talk about it because I know you didn't watch the show, but Tyrion Lannister from Game of Thrones. Yeah. This one I want you to talk about because you can. Han Solo. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think, yes, yes. I, 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 I think if there is a, like, if you look up antihero in the dictionary, there should be a picture of Han Solo. He was it, it just, it just not, did not want to be there, not his thing at all, not a revolutionary, all about the money, like yeah. just make a buck and get out type of thing. And if it wasn't for a girl, yeah. probably wouldn't have stuck around. Yep. I think you're right on that. Yep. Um, here's some from TV. Uh, this one might, we can maybe talk about this one. Oscar the Grouch, Sesame Street. Oh, yeah. Yep. I think that fits. Um, George Costanza from Seinfeld. <laughs> he's, he's 100% about himself, but sometimes does the right thing. Uh, this one was interesting. Kenny Powers. Really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I because he does kind of do the right thing sometimes, yeah. but he does it in the, the wrongest way possible. Dolan, are you familiar with with Kenny Powers? I'm not. No. Oh man, Eastbound and Down. It's yeah. on HBO. If you get a chance to watch that. Baseball tie-in. Kind, yeah, it is kind of a baseball show, but it's not about baseball. No. Tie-in. There's a little bit of baseball. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then Peter Griffin slash Homer Simpson. Yeah. Arguably the same character. Yeah, basically. Just just yeah. One is dumber than well. Mm. <laughs> I was thinking that too. I was like, well. I almost feel like Peter Griffin's dumber. But then I, I was like, well, Homer's been around and been doing dumb stuff for yeah. 30 years now. So. I guess dumb in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, you're right. I, I, would, I would argue that uh, Homer's dumber than Peter. Mm, is he? Mm, Peter, I don't know. Peter's done some, uh, I guess, they've, they've all done accidental things that turned out to be great how did peter end up playing for the patriot you know just different things like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I was gonna say like i feel like homer is a more um i don't know if involved is the right term dad but more he cares more about his family than peter like peter's obviously just openly hostile against meg but then he also he chokes bart all the time so i i don't know that's that's a toss-up too i can say this because i'm a product of it Homer is definitely more of an 80s, 90s dad, where yeah. Peter is definitely more of maybe a, a you know, 2000 and current dad. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. This is the part where I need your, your brain, Rich. Okay. So I wrote down just a few uh, from, the, from the comics mm. and that we can talk about and you can maybe tell me how or why or let me and Dolan know more about these people because some of them I know and some of mine don't. Mm-hmm. So the first one uh, that I, I would 100% agree with is Spawn. 
Yep. Al Simmons. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. When, and, and I give you a whole backstory on kind of how, where Spawn came from, uh, you know, with Todd McFarlane leaving Marvel and, and, and starting image comics, but yeah, Spawn is, yeah, he was, Al Simmons was killed in a nutshell. Al Simmons dies, goes to hell, becomes the hell spawn, comes back to earth and is, yeah, does, it's, it's all about his ex-wife or ex-wife. It's all about his wife, Wanda. And, okay. and, and, you know, doing, doing bad things for good reason for Wanda to make the world a better place, but he's doing the work of Satan mm. in essence. Yes. And yeah. they are currently working on a, another movie or something. Oh. Another one. Yeah. You know, the, the one, the original, the, the spawn movie wasn't terrible. Yeah. Um, it, it wasn't great either. I mean, I know that's not a ringing endorsement. It, it was, it was, it was about it was one of the first, comic book real like dark movies yeah. you know what i mean like it wasn't howard the duck yep it, it, it was it, dark spawn has so spawns the longest running independent uh in is the longest running comic series by the same by by the same uh by the same creator okay. so todd's been involved for the whole thing and they're over 300 i think they're at 307 as of right now i think we're waiting for issue 307 wow Spawn. so that's that was pretty a big good deal. Spawn was a big deal. How about Constantine? Yeah, John Constantine is same sort of thing, same same kind of thing, um, but almost in a, in a way way darker kind of kind of way. Yeah, yeah, right. I could agree with that. Uh, the Punisher, mm. Frank Castle. I actually wrote down Frank Castle right here because yeah, Frank Castle. So Castle was a Vietnam. He came home from you know Vietnam vet trying to make heads or tails of his life. And uh, his, his family gets caught in the crossfire of a gang war. And is, his, his, uh, uh, his wife and his kid are killed by gangs. And so he, he picks up the, the moniker of the Punisher wearing the skull. And so everything he does is for selfish reasons, but he fights crime. I mean, that's it, he's fighting gangs. Right. So I... I love the Punisher. I love Frank Castle. I love the story, you know, who he was and how he's become. Here's what's fun about Frank Castle. So you would think like, you know, Bruce Wayne, Batman has been around forever, right? He's been around since yeah. the 40s. He's somewhat timeless. Um, at one point, Marvel said, you know what? Frank Castle died. He's dead. He aged and he died. He died of old age. And he became the spirit of vengeance, which is the Ghost Rider. So you remember the Ghost Rider? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicolas Cage movie. Right, okay, yeah. So Ghost Rider was a a comic back in the 70s. Actually rode a horse or whatever. They brought it back in the 90s. And uh, he rode, you know, he rode the big motorcycle. Yeah. And shit. Yep. Anyway, they brought Frank Castle. Frank Castle's soul was so disturbed, so whatever. They brought him back and he's the cosmic Ghost Rider now. So he rides in space and there was a great comic book series about the ghost Rider destroys the Marvel universe. So he had the, he had the ability to jump back in time. So he would go through and he would go back in time and he would mess up timelines of Mm. like the fantastic four starting and, you know, like, like major things happening to, to try to right the wrongs of whatever it was a, it was, that's super nerdy, but it was super, it was great. Like Frank Castle, he wasn't, his soul was so disturbed. They wouldn't let him into either 
heaven or hell. So they made him, he, he became the he spirit of vengeance. Just go for eternity. Yep. So what right. about the show that's out there now? The John Bernthal or whatever, is it? Okay, so I, I wish that it had continued. Season one was pretty fantastic. It was super violent, yeah. but it, it gave, it was a more kind of up-to-date version of The Punisher. Okay. And more really, than the Dolph Lundgren or whatever, wasn't that? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, which wasn't, and then even after that, who was the guy after that? Um, yeah, they did do another version, didn't they? Yeah, and I can't remember, gosh darn it, his name's like right here, and I can't remember his name. Anyway, it wasn't bad. This was just a different take. Okay. Again, based on his family getting killed and, you know, him just, him just taking revenge. And that's all it was. It was 100% about revenge, and that's it. So that, that sounds exactly like this next one I have, which is Wolverine. Mm. Very popular character and yep. all those movies, you know, all the X-Men movies and the Stan like Logan movie. Oh, gosh. Mm. Still one of the best comic movies I've ever seen. Logan was great. Watch that. I still have not seen that one. It, it, it was, it, as much as it was a Fox, it was, it was kind of Fox's, ter- I'm sorry, Sony's take. It, if Marvel, if Marvel Studios, Disney had done it, it might have been completely different. But I the fun so. part, it would have been totally different. Yeah. The fun part about that, though, is it was based on a comic called Old Man Logan and kind of how, how Logan dies eventually. Because he has a healing factor. So part of the mm-hmm. Weapon X project, he has a healing factor. He can't, he heals very quickly. So then he doesn't age very quickly. Well, everyone around him is dying, obviously. And what happens when Professor X dies? And that was Patrick Stewart in this. And he was, you know, such a, he was so powerful as a telepath that when he gets dementia, what happens? Yeah. Right? Because, and that was, that was a great take. I think that was probably the redeeming factor of that movie was, you know, how does, if a telepath gets dementia, what happens? Yeah, that was great. And I, I really liked the young girl in that movie. Like, mm. oh, she was so good. It's a, it, I saw it three times in the theater and I don't go to the movies. So that's, that shall tell you something, I guess. Who eventually becomes X-23, which is the daughter of, of Wolverine, which I, I mean, loosely you can go back yeah. and you can trace it back to that. But yeah, really good story. Um, a couple more for you. Deadpool. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Deadpool slash Harley Quinn. Mm. Two different, completely character. Two completely yeah. different characters. Yeah. Wade Wilson is 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 different just because you know he is who he is, and that's you know slapsticky Deadpool, and uh-huh. he wasn't like that in the beginning. He was not like that in the beginning when he mm. was part of X Force. When you know he was Rob Liefeld, who is a just just comic jackass, and, and continues to be a comic jackass and, and you know unfortunately has the credit of creating the character of Deadpool like he he created him for the first time maybe drew him yeah. he's not responsible for what Deadpool is now oh okay at all but he's just he's just the biggest dickhead of all time oh geez in the comic world he is yeah um but yeah Harley is more just kind of a a, a case study in what happens if you know a doctor goes crazy yeah and that's really it but yeah the joke is to go see a a psychiatrist and that's hardly yeah but he like he like infects her kind of right yeah did you see the birds of prey Mm -hmm. no what'd you think i liked it was fine it was fun to watch yeah and here's the thing as as much as everyone made fun of the uh, suicide squad movie too Mm -hmm. and and uh what, what 30 seconds to mars guy 
what's his name? Jared uh, Leto. Yep. Yeah. Makes fun of his Joker. His Joker is a pretty modern take on that character. And I don't, I didn't mind it at all. I, I liked his Joker. I, everybody was, you know, but Joker is that Joker was, you know, sadistic yeah. kind of mob leader, not mob leader, but you know what I mean? Exactly. Modern, what modern, yeah. modern Joker. Yeah. Yep. Homicidal maniac. Right. I mean, and, and that's, that's how, that's how Jared Leto played him was, was that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I, yeah. I wish he would have actually, I would have liked his own standalone before they did the Joker that we know today, the billion dollar, you know, ma- movie that they, that they put out. Yep. Um, last one. And this is one I don't know anything about mm-hmm. submariner. Mm. Like, I don't Namor. even know if that's Marvel or DC. I have no idea. Namor, the submariner. Yeah. He's so that's he- Aquaman. He's he's like the yeah he's the Marvel Aquaman. Okay, it's weird they listed him as that, but I, I suppose I could see that he he was. I wouldn't say he was a adversary. He came up through uh, Fantastic Four, kind of that flat Fantastic Four side of the tree, right? Okay. As Marvel goes, like you know, Avengers, X Men, Fantastic Four. Submariner so came up through that, through that side of the tree or whatever. You know, had a thing with with Sue Richards for a while as Sue and Reed, fantastic. The oh yeah, fantastic and and the Invisible Woman. You know, he had a thing for her, and mm, I guess yeah, I could see that. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was the one I was the least familiar with out of the list. Hmm. So while we're still on the on the topic, I've I've got a I can run through the the top ten of all time, and yeah, for those of you are. Listening to the audio version, I put that in quotes, top 10. Air quotes, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so number 10 is John Walker, U.S. agent. Do you know about this guy? Mm-hmm. He was the guy that was supposed to be Captain America. The next Captain America deemed him too too psychotic. and Oh, so, so in Cap- a dark take. Yeah, when, when, when Steve Rogers left for a while um, and, and – and Cap was all in a black suit. Mm-hmm. That that's yes, the U.S. Yes. agent. Yes, him. Uh, basically, they say like, oh, he was perfect, perfect to do agent work because um, he was just willing to do anything to get the job done. That meant killing people, whatever. Sure. Uh, number nine, Watchmen. Mm. Yeah. Did they list anyone? Just the Watchmen in general, or they did? They, they, they just, just said the Watchmen in general. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. Mm. Oh, those are the people. Yeah. Never mind. Did you watch the show, Rich? I, um no, I watched the first couple episodes and then my HBO subscription ran out and I never went back to it. And it's not it wasn't enough that it was like what happens after the Watchmen. Yeah. The Watchmen, the comic book was one of those that kind of changed if I had to go back and point like literary things that changed my life at certain points in my life. Watchmen and the Dark Knight Returns came out about the same time, about the same time. And that was, yeah, who, and that was actually the tagline, who watches the Watchmen, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's like when the world was so bad and even the superheroes were, you know, kind of, mm, yeah, right? Yeah. So I think it's interesting that, that if you go to a comic shop now, you can still buy that. You know what I mean? Like it's still in print all the time. And I would highly suggest it too, because it was probably as much as Alan Moore has gone Bat shit crazy. It's totally worth reading. Yeah, I agree. I've I have read that's one of the ones I have read. So uh so eight, seven, and six we've already talked about. Eight is Wolverine, seven spawn, and six is Deadpool. 
All right. Um, and then number five is Suicide Squad. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because they're doing good for the, I mean, not the wrong reasons, but they're selfish reasons, right? Mm. It, 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 selfish reasons, if they, if they don't do good, they'll be killed. They're killed, I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah, Amanda Waller was like, yeah, you do this or we're going to kill you. Yeah. Well, and I get the sense through the whole thing is like they were doing good, right, because they were doing good because they were forced to. They didn't want to. Yeah. And so they kind of did it in a – they did good in a sadistic way. Is that the right term I'm looking for? In a self-preservation sort of way. Yeah. Uh, yep. Number four, Thunderbolts. It's a Marvel mm-hmm. thing. More I've, more recent, yes. Yep. Never heard of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, Venom. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> that was a big sigh there. Yeesh, that's tough because, yeah, okay, I'll buy it. Now, here, well, I mean, without nerding out too much, there's this new no, character. No, go ahead, nerd out. I, ooh, I think we just lost all of our our listeners here. They're just like, turn off, click. <laughs> I'm going to listen to This American Life now. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, there's this new character named Null, which is like, from a, a planet where the where where the symbiote came from, where before the symbiote even like was the costume in the suit in the Secret Wars that Spider Man picked up, you know, it was from way back then. So I don't, I guess, I guess, mm-hmm. but yeah. not number three. Is that what you said, Dolan? He's number three on the list. Yeah, he's number three on the list. I would put him way. I would put him like not on the top ten. Well, maybe. I mean, I buy him as like ten. Okay. Uh, sure. Number two, Catwoman. Mm. I had her on my list, but I, I left her off. But here, Selena Kyle, Catwoman. Yes. Yeah. Selena Selena Kyle is the one that they're talking about. Okay. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And then number one, of course, is the main antihero of comic Punisher. You know, Frank Castle. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Would you would you say? And this isn't comic books at all. But Brian, you brought it up with the spaghetti westerns a little bit. Mm-hmm. Would you say Doc Holliday would be a antihero? Yeah. I mean, he was a sheriff, right? Uh, not by his choice. It was just Correct. because, you know, because that his best friend was. He, um, I think, like, I think we did in the research somewhere, he like stopped a murderer or caught a murderer and got him hung. But it was yeah. like, because he killed his friend or something like in a poker game. So it wasn't like he was doing it because it was against the law. It was like, oh, you killed my buddy and right. I'm get you. I don't think Doc either in, you know, in the, either in literature or in real life was ever that good of a soul. Guy, yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it would be hard, hard back then, especially, especially if you're a lawman at the time, right? Mm -hmm. And you're the boss, the power is corrosive and there's no one to watch or check your, your power except somebody from another town, you know, further away or whatever, like. Yep. You're probably going to do things that you shouldn't be doing is my, is my guess. I don't know, but that sounds like doc holiday to me. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. all those West spaghetti Westerns for sure. And pretty much anything Clint Eastwood's ever made. Yeah, honestly. Pretty much. Yep. So I'm going to hard pivot from this to talk about revolution. Cause that's the name of the brewery. <laughs> and I, if I'm going to find music, I'm going to find music and I found it. So I have a listing and this is some websites, you know, kind of like what Dolan was just talking about. These are the top 10 revolution songs. Okay. So songs about revolution in different fashions. 
these songs span 80 years on this list. So they're revolting against different things, right? But they're all like kind of all time hit songs. And then there's also a few I thought of that aren't on this list that maybe we can talk about. Um, but preface to that, here's two historical songs that are technically revolution songs. Yankee Doodle. <laughs> so that was sung by British troops in a mocking way against the colonists. But then the colonists took it back and when they won the war, now it's like an American anthem. But when it was penned and like performed in, in the military, like at battles and stuff, it was making fun of United, like, well, not, it wasn't even the United States yet, but the colonists. So that was, that was a revolution song. Uh, and the other one, which I did not know about until I did this research, La Cucaracha. So that was written as like a protest song, basically, against the Mexican president Huerta at the time, H-U-E-R-T-A. And they were basically depicting him as a cockroach. He was so bad to the people and as, as a president or a ruler that he was the lowest life form, which is a cockroach. And then Pancho Villa, who I think um, was, I guess, more or less the leader of the resistance, um, him and his army added lyrics and they changed the lyrics to be sometimes about marijuana, which I found in my research. So a little, a little pick me up for the battlefield, if you All will. Right. Sure. But those are two songs that you probably know that are revolution adjacent. Hmm. Here's the list of current or modern revolution songs that some website had that i wrote down um strange fruit by billy holiday 1939 this song came out mm. this song has been sampled by it was sampled by kanye on um his yeezus album uh, mm. but basically it's heavy like it's basically about the strange fruit is when the person that's singing the song is seeing people hanging from a tree black men hanging from a tree and that's Whoa. the strange fruit because they've been hung wow that's 1939. So that's 80, 90 years ago. Lynching. Like actual, like, wow. Holy wow. Cow. Yeah, I guess that's 80 years ago, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Uh, and then This Land is Your Land. We think is that some sort of happy song, but it was written as a protest song by Woody Guthrie in 1944, so middle of World War II. Hmm. Um, Masters of War, it's called, by Bob Dylan in 1963. Then in 1968, this is kind of Civil War stuff or not Civil War, Civil Rights, um, James Brown, Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud. Mm -hmm. If you've heard that song, but that came out in 68. Uh, then there's Ohio. I watched a documentary about this the other, what was last night, I guess? Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. This was written hours after they started shooting up the campus. Uh, Kent, was it Kent State, I think? Kent State, yeah. And uh, those people, yeah, like seven or eight college kids got shot and killed. And mm -hmm. so Neil Young went out into the woods. David Crosby said, you need to write about this song. And he, he did, came back, and it was one of their biggest hits. And also kind of the beginning of Neil's being involved in political songs. Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like the impetus of his political side of his catalog, which is about half, if uh, you followed him ever since then. Yeah. Born in the USA, Bruce Springsteen, 1984. Hmm. So that's the song. Of, basically, it's about a guy that came back from Vietnam and finds that his job is gone. And uh, there's a 
economic crisis happening in the 80s, early 80s, and he can't find work. And yeah, they want to give him a job, but there just aren't any. And the story about that song is, uh, I think it was Reagan wanted to use it as his like campaign song. And uh, Bruce was like, you're everything against me. And uh, you're the reason for the song. And yeah, you're not, you don't get it. It's, it's more than just the chorus or the one line of the chorus. You can't use it. But he used it anyway, and they sued him, and Bruce Springsteen won. <laughs> uh, and then 1989, Fight the Power, Public Enemy. Oh, man. Which is yeah. a, probably you're in my wheelhouse, Rich. Mm-hmm. And then most currently, uh, Kendrick Lamar has a song called All Right, 2015, mm-hmm. the Butterfly album that was makes the list and is a, like a modern-day revolution song so there was another one i forgot and i was going to see if you had any in in your minds or uh anything floating around your playlist but there's one uh called for what it's worth that was by the buffalo springfield which was also neil young and stephen stills yeah yep. and that's mid-60s song but it's you know basically like um talking actually think of the name check the president and stuff too in it but it's basically like the world's gone to shit and what are you going to do about it sort of stuff so mm-hmm. Which I'm 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 somewhat surprised we haven't gotten anything recently like that. It always seems like music kind of follows the you know yeah. current events, and we haven't yet. Maybe something's coming. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I would, I would I would say that I think if you're talking about more recent stuff, you've got like Childish Gambino. Yeah, this um, is America or whatever. This that is was America. Yeah. Uh, you have Kendrick Lamar's album, uh, "Damn," which came out in what, two or three years ago. Yeah, I think it was a couple years ago. Yeah. That that's got a lot of good ones on there. Um, yeah. I guess it depends on where you're looking. And like the other thing, I was thinking about this today. Uh, like I thought, okay, the '60s, a lot of lot. That was kind of like when protest songs were popular like it really Mm. was part of the popular music but there also was very limited ways to get music then like you listen to the radio or you bought the record that was it and now you can stream music on 30 different sources you got satellite radio with a thousand channels some radio stations are still around but you know not hardly anybody listens to it anymore podcasts books like it's just so watered down that it's hard for that sort of stuff to get through it has to almost be a viral video you know what i mean like it has to happen on the internet for it to come to the forefront nowadays so it almost have to be something like performed at a protest that's happening currently that somebody caught on video that makes it or yep. flash or something from the voice you know what i mean like that's mm-hmm. that's where people get music yeah. nowadays so it's yeah. i think a little bit harder to find that stuff it's probably there but it's just harder to like uncover it. I'm surprised you didn't uh, go straight to like the Beatles or. Well, Bob, revolution number nine. I thought about you know, Bob Dylan. Uh, um, Bob Dylan has a revolution song. Oh, he's got a bunch, but I think one of the best and I, yeah, it's probably revolution ish and it's the beginning of uh, the Watchmen movie, rich mm. that whole sequence. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, the end is the beginning is the end yeah. by Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. yeah. Still a fantastic B-side. Well, it, that was, yeah, that's, yeah. I, it, if you have, yeah, if you haven't read or even, I mean, if you want, just take the easy way out, watch the movie, except for the last, I don't know, 10 minutes. It, yeah. it, it doesn't end the same way. But yeah, Dr. Manhattan and it, it's, it, it, it's, 
it, it's pretty great. And it's still very, very timely. Very yeah. timely. So, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so the end, was that what you got? Was that what's yeah. on music? Yeah. I was going to go a different way with Revolution. All right. Which is slightly more, maybe uh, slightly more timely, maybe. Okay. Um, and, it's, and here's the tie back to baseball in Chicago. So uh, this, the only the thing I, I think about, when I think about, when I think about Chicago baseball, I think about guys like, like, like Ron Sano and, and, you know, Anthony Rizzo and Chris, and Chris Bryant or whatever. But then I think back to, to, to Ernie Banks. Yeah. The beginning of like that, that sort of baseball that I never got to see, yeah. but only, you know, heard stories of or whatever. And Sweet Swing and Billy Williams and Fergie Jenkins and Fergie Jenkins, who is still a, a great advocate for not only for baseball, but then for, uh, for nonprofits in, in Chicago, the Fergie Jenkins foundation does a ton in Chicago. It, none of that. And even going back to what we talked about last week in the St. Louis Cardinals, um, and probably one of the worst trades of all time, right? When we, when we traded, uh, why, why is his name escaping me right now? Probably cause he was a Cardinal and he wasn't a cub. He was only a cub for a year. What was his name? I'm going to go, I'm going to look it up right now. What, what time frame? You know, I'm talking about 1960s, 1960s, um, Lou Brock. Oh yeah. 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 When the, one of the worst trades of all time, when we traded Lou Brock to the Cardinals, which just, just, just tears my guts out even to this day. Right. Um, none of that would have been possible if it wasn't for one man who was a revolutionary of his time. And if you ever read his book, his book is called at the, at the right time. Like he believes he came into baseball at the right time. Um, he, he was tied into Kansas city baseball for so long. Oh, Buck yeah. O'Neill. Buck O'Neill. The Buck O'Neill seat. They still yeah. have that. Yeah. That one red, that lone red seat yep. there at Kauffman stadium. If it wasn't for Buck O'Neill, there's, I mean, it would have, I, I think the, 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 the whole integration, the Negro leagues into, into baseball wouldn't have had nearly the power that it did. Buck O'Neill brought players to the major leagues that would never have had a chance otherwise. And that should have been in the major leagues for, you know, their whole career. Forever. Yeah. He missed, I, I would argue he came too late. He should oh, have yeah. come 10 years earlier because yeah. then he could have brought other players. We, we wouldn't, we would have, we would have a completely different take on baseball. Um, if it was, you know, if it, it cool Papa bell and guys like that, like, you know, I love like satchel page, like oh my he goodness. would have all the pitching records. Absolutely. It wouldn't be called the Cy Young award. Yeah. It'd be called the satchel page award. Yeah. Like, I, I guarantee that. I just, well, and the, and the uh, museum wouldn't be in Kansas City. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah big. If you've ever had a chance to go, if you're in Kansas City, if you ever have a chance, go down, go down to that, it, like the jazz district down there. I don't even know what it's called. But, I mean, there's a jazz museum. There's also the, the Negro Baseball Museum down there. And it is, it is awesome and sad all at the same time that these, that these guys never had a chance against big leaguers. Like that's the Negro leagues were a big league of their own. Right. I mean, they, yeah. they, they really, they really were, but they never, ever had a chance against, you know, from Babe Ruth on up. And, and I honestly, some of those guys would have dominated those guys. I think that's probably one of the reasons they weren't allowed. You know what I mean? Right. Yes. 
And the ah. other thing I forgot, I was going to tell you this last week, but I forgot to, to mention it. Uh, mm-hmm. Just another good thing about Stan the Man was he like super advocated and was great friends with Jackie Robinson. Like he was ah. like, yeah, this is, this should be happening. And, and was all for it and was very vocal about it in the press. So another thing. I have a feeling that Stan was probably one of those guys that was like iron sharpens iron, right? I mean, that type, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. He wanted to play against the best. Yeah. No matter who cares, who cares the color of their skin or their ethnicity or whatever, who cares? He wanted to play against the best. He just loved ball, you know, like they loved baseball and that was what it was about. He like Stan took pay cuts, I think four or five times just so he could stay with the team. And then I think another thing I read about him that we, I don't think we talked about it in the episode. I have to listen to it or not, but um, he was like a big advocate for um, minor league players getting like fair pay and stuff. Like even if they never made it to the big leagues, like yeah, they've committed their life to the game and that sort of stuff. And he just, he just loved baseball. Anybody that could play it, that's what he was about. And that was, that was Buck O'Neill as well. Buck loved the game and he loved everything about it. And that's, he, he brought players to the majors. He brought three of which, right. Was some of the greatest of all time, Ernie Banks, Lou Brock, Billy Williams. And yeah, those are, those are pretty good players. That's a pretty solid group as he, as he was a scout, like he was scouting those guys and brought those guys to the major leagues. Um, He was the first uh, black manager in the major leagues. Like he broke through, and outside of the Midwest, I don't know if you know the name Buck O'Neill. Like, if you didn't live in Chicago or Kansas City. Yeah, I agree. Do you know who that is? And you should. Because if you're a baseball fan, he's responsible for a lot. And as, if, you, if you live in the world that I do, you know, and, and, and love the team as much as I do, Buck is one of those guys that, that we couldn't have lived without. He wouldn't, you know, there's that, there's that classic image of him as a manager with his, with his leg up and he's, you know, he's leading on it and, you know, looking out on the field. And that's when I think about baseball, that's one of the images I think about. I I see in my head as, you know, it would never have been possible if, if Buck wasn't the man that he was and pushed through, I'm sure he got called a shit ton of names. Oh yeah. None of them good. Yep. And, and he didn't care. He was like Jackie Robinson and, 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 you know, and guys like Ernie Banks and Lou Brock and those, those, those early players that, that they just, they loved the game so much and they just, and they wanted to play and it didn't matter. It didn't matter what they heard from the stands. And it's as, as revolutions go, that dude's that's, right up there. That's close to us. Yeah. As you know, baseball fans and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. Yeah. Especially in, yeah, in the world we're living in right now with everything that's happening as we're recording this right now, like, you know, I can give, I can give all the credit to a lot of my fandom to, to guys like, like Buck O'Neill. So, and I'm sad every time I go, I've been to the Negro baseball museum a number of times, which is a fantastic place to go. If you love history and the history of baseball, but then at the same time you think, God damn it. Like, yeah. These guys would have been, God, they, could you imagine watching some of these players against the major leaguers at the time? It would have yeah. been unbelievable. Just unbelievable. Yeah. I get super passionate about that one. That's, <laughs> well, that's, that's what a, we're here for. That's a fun one for me. That's a, that's yeah. a really – that's, that's – it, it, it's, it, it's so 
it's so important to understand where we came from. And baseball is one of those ties that I, I look back to all the time. It makes, it makes sense in my brain that, yeah, you know, it's how it was and how it played out and how it could have been so much different if it was just, just a, just a little different. Just tweaked. It's, it really is a reflection of the country, you know, yeah. like baseball really is that, and it is the pastime of America, you know, and baseball, you have to sit there, you're in it for hours and hours, right? Yep. And you will, you'll learn and, and, back in the day, especially you, you did the research there. You, you were the scorekeeper on your scorecard and all that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. And history is one of those things, like a lot of people, especially now, even I feel younger than us, it's available to you to learn these things, but no one is doing it. Like we had to go search this out, you know? Yeah. I was checking out books in, in the library in fifth grade to read about Lou Brock or, or, you know, uh, Ted Williams or whoever. Right. So like that was something I couldn't just click on it on my phone in my pocket. You had to do some work. Yep. So maybe there's a little ownership there, but I don't know if it, it feels good to know that some of those things are still growing today. Like some of the things that started way back then are, mm-hmm. are still there. And I don't know, it's important to, to realize where you come from. Yep. They, that that scene in 42, if you haven't seen 42, the Jackie Robinson story, um, where uh, where Pee Reese is on the field and puts his arm around Jackie Robinson, like, that was kind of a big deal. Like, Pee yeah. was kind of a racist for a while. More than kind of. Yeah. And, and, it, and it seems trivial now. You know what I mean? Like, so what? But that was, yeah, huge, a huge step huge step that was a that was a big that was a big big step and like we wouldn't have if those things hadn't played out if we hadn't had Jackie Robinson and Buck O'Neill and Lou Brock and Ernie Banks and Billy Williams then we wouldn't have we wouldn't have Juan Soto and Javier Baez and you know and and guys like that now we wouldn't have those players it would yeah we, we you know it's it just it wouldn't be a thing and and baseball wouldn't be the same quite honestly I no. agree so that's my tie back to baseball for us. That's what I was, I was excited. I, well, I'm, super, I'm super excited. We talked about comic books and movies, but that's, you know, <laughs> time back to baseball too made me. Luckily happy. all those players were cub names you mentioned mostly. So that, that worked out good for you. There we go. That works out. So yeah. And okay, Buck O'Neill, you can't deny what he did for, uh, for Kansas city too. Like he, yep. he was a, he was a big figure in, in Kansas city from a historical standpoint too. So and just in case you don't know, maybe Dolan is one of these people that doesn't watch every Royals game like I do, mm-hmm. but the Buck O'Neill seat in Kansas city, it's like, it's a pretty good seat and it's reserved every game for somebody from the community that does good in the community. So if you're, you know, volunteer baseball coach, or you have worked, you've been the organist at your church for 40 years, or you do a after school program for inner city youth, like whatever that is, you get nominated and then you win this award and you get to sit in these great seats. There's two of them. Um, and uh, they call your name out and you get to stand up and wave to the TV. And, and every game, it's somebody different that's local, that's done something good in the community. and Just a way to honor him and, and his name. And it's always uh, something fun to see when you, if you're watching the games. Hmm. So untapped. I, I'm going to go with just regular antihero. Yeah. I bet it's got thousands of check-ins. 179,000. Yeah. I mean, that's getting up there with some of the big boys, right? Yeah. 
I mean, that's that is getting up there. You, Brian, have never checked in, ain't you? Really? I've had it before, but I've never checked it in. Okay. So, uh, Atlas Traveler Brandon Younce has checked it in before at a 3.25. He said it was a hot bomb, bitter finish, bitter long finish. Traditional IPA in the world of disappearing old school IPAs. Yeah. Good. That's I good. agree with everything he said, but I'd rate it a four. Mm, I, you know what? I, I have gone a four on this actually as well. That's There you go. Yeah. Um, let's see my friend from middle school and, uh, yeah, my friend from middle school, Corey Jackson, uh, right to this four. He, uh, so little known fact, Corey Jackson was with me the night that, um, uh, I was with him when we bought, t- uh, Tomac, Tomax and Zaymont from GI Joe. Oh, we rode our bikes to the Alco and we bought <laughs> GI Joe's. I'll never forget it, Corey. I love it. I'll never forget it. Alco. Uh, Atlas Traveler Daniel Chavez uh, has checked it in twice at a 375 and a 375. So one time he purchased it at the Outback. So he must have been in Illinois. Oh, yeah. You have to be local to get that on tap. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I My first time checking it in, sadly, uh, back in 2009, I, I rated it a 275 and I said it was overhyped. Hmm. Maybe your attitude has changed. I didn't know back then. I didn't no. know. I would give it a solid four right now. So that sounds 179,000 check-ins. I'm sorry. Where do you think it ranks? 3.76. I don't know. I've never, I've never had it. Hmm. I've never had it. There's one back in the fridge. I might get that for you. All right. Uh, Brian, you're close. Three, eight, four. Yeah. Darn close. So 179,000 in a three, eight, four is pretty darn good. Dolan, uh, tell us about yours. How did it finish up? The Galaxy Hero, um, I mean, it was, if you're looking for a hazy IPA, it, it was everything a hazy IPA should be. Um, it was great. Like I said in the beginning, it, uh, very tropical, you know, it's like you took a bunch of tropical fruits and mixed it all together and made a beer out of it. And it was good. It was great. I think if I were to untap it, I'd rate it probably a three, seven, five. Um, Fair. Yeah, it's not it's not the greatest hazy I've ever had, but it's definitely um, I would not be disappointed by any means if I asked for a hazy IPA and I got this in a glass. Nice. So, what about you, Rich? You know, it was an interesting. I've never had that strain of hops before. Clearly, it's all gone. Oh yeah, yeah. It's that's none a good of sign. Left. Yeah, um, I would order that again. It, it's interesting how because the the ghost of of antihero was there, like you could tell, like it was it was there, but with that different hops and yeah, I, I honestly I think as I go, I would probably if I had a choice, like if the taps were in front of me, if I were in Chicago, getting ready to go to a Cubs game, and I'm sitting across the street at the Cubby Bear, and they have a whole like you know they have a couple handles there of 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 revolution um and you know then some goose island or whatever else down the way uh, i would i would probably order galaxy first because that sounds like my jam yeah i would order this second and then i would order anti-hero third yeah. because it's just that's that's just how yeah that's just how it goes can you show the uh artwork on the on that can again i haven't yeah that's uh so it's, it's almost like a see how he's he's kind of it's almost like uh, a Spider-Man. Yeah, I was gonna say it looks like Spider-Man, or like a yeah, or like an assassin, like Assassin's yeah. Creed, maybe. Maybe, yeah. 
notices, you know, all of them, the, the faces, the hops, right? I mean, with yeah. anti-hero, he's got the, he's got the eye patch and yours is in, it's in the, yep. That's pretty consistent through, through revolutions, uh, branding and, and marketing there with their, with their cans. So that's, that's what I would do. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just dreaming about baseball and, and wishing I could be, I wish I could be across the street, you know, waiting to hear the national anthem. So I know it's time for me to go in. I feel like we're going to have 15 baseball episodes this year. Maybe. I hope I, and I'm, I'm down for that. I, if we can't watch I, it, we might as well talk about it. Right. And, and I guess maybe, and who knows, our audience has never told us, no, we don't like when you talk about baseball. Maybe, you know, at some point they'll be like, we're too much baseball. Talk about hockey instead or something. I don't know. Yeah. I hope not. Yeah. But yeah, this was, this was a fun trip especially a fun trip to Chicago has it on, yeah. on the blue line at the Belmont stop. Um, yeah. Don't, don't get off early or late. Just get off there. Blue, the blue line stop. Hopefully there's a, there's a nice old dude that's going to tell you that uh, you fellers need to yeah. turn around and get back. Go back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brian, we're not going anywhere for a while. Let's have another beer. Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing.